fasten your seatbelt. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. If, like, 11-year-old me owned a lighter, I'd probably be holding it up. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's the 30-something movie podcast. But this time around, we're not talking about a movie. Um, we're talking about a state of mind. We're talking about something that might be undefinable, or we wish it was. There was a video involved. There was a 90-minute uh, concert VHS tape that was released. And a, and a pay-per-view event are not necessarily the same, I have learned. Yes, there are some, there are some differences. There is a cut of the whole thing available on YouTube. Yes. Because both of the um, segments that are in one or the other are both in the YouTube video I watched. Okay. I found very interesting. Nice, nice. Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I watched. Um, I watched the YouTube video, and uh, I, I've had the album on, you know, on occasion over the last couple of weeks or so, and uh, actually had this shared. We keep talking about it. We haven't even said what the name of it is. Um, it is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour from 1990. Um, I had somebody who was listening to our show send me back in 2018 because um, I think I made some kind of a comment on the show about the uh, Ninja Turtles movie and how I was excited that it was going to be coming in um, in 90. And you know what? Actually, it might have been because this was 2018. might have been one of our episodes where we were talking about toys. And I probably mm. mentioned Ninja Turtles or, or maybe the Ninja Turtles cartoon. And... Um, so this person followed up and sent me a, a DM on Twitter and said, hey, by the way, I've got that whole album digitized. If you want a copy of it, let me know and I'll send it your way. I was like, uh, yes. Squeeze me. Baking powder. Baking powder. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So he actually sent me a copy. He sent me a copy of that and a couple of the other movie soundtracks. And um, so he's, he's like, yeah, this is, you know, 
I think you're really going to enjoy this. It's a, it's a shame. It's going to be like two more years until you cover this on the show, but, um, here you go. So yes, the, uh, for those of you that don't know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, were kind of a big deal in the, uh, in the late eighties, early nineties, especially. And, um, a lot of merchandising, a lot of merchandising. Uh, so we had the cartoon. You had a you had a comic strip um, to begin with. You had a comic book that was created by um, uh, was Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, or maybe I got their names mixed up. Um, I think it's Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Yes, I got that right. And uh, they kind of made it as a joke, like this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic that they had created and uh, printed it up, and then it kind of went crazy. And it got really popular and they made them, they made the cartoon that came out. I want to say in 87 might've been the first year, 87 or 88 was the first year for the cartoon. And then uh, obviously the movie first movie came out in 1990. And so they're kind of at the height. They're kind of at the peak of Ninja Turtle fever in 1990 when the movie comes out. And uh, that's when I think they decided uh, let's capitalize on this a little bit more and um, let's have a concert. Like, um, Let's do Chuck E. Cheese on steroids, which frankly is kind of what this concert is. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's kind of like you're, you're paying a little bit extra to get some pizza and to watch some like weird animatronics with a questionable storyline. Mm-hmm. Except they're just a little bit more mobile than the Chuck E. Cheese guys were. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is an interesting little piece of uh, 1990 uh, pop culture that uh, I'm not sure a whole lot of people know about. Um, even if you were, uh, even if you were around in 1990, I'm not sure that this is necessarily well known. I think you probably had to be a diehard Ninja Turtles fan to really know about this. Although it seemed huge at the time. I mean, I was a diehard Ninja. I was huge Ninja Turtles fan, but you know, and I like pizza. Surprise, surprise. Right. So, you know, <laughs> those two things you know. go together. And to be honest, listening to the music just now, mm-hmm. just listening to it, it's actually all right. Yeah, it's it's not that bad. The whole visual and mm-hmm. the extra story they tried to add to it is what made the concert event not as interesting. Yeah, maybe is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I think as a kid, I rented the VHS tape uh, at some point when it came out and was at Blockbuster. Um, but for a very long time, I just had the cassette tape. So I was just going purely off of the audio, off of the music, the songs. Um, and I even feel like as a kid, I kind of felt like the, I don't know, like the storyline piece of the concert was a little cheesy, mm-hmm. a little bit uh-huh. of a, a little bit of a stretch. Um, but no, actually the songs that if you were to take, I would hazard a guess and say, if you were to take this cassette tape and if you were to pop it in any other cassette tapes case you know maybe even take the front cover off of it don't tell anybody what it is just pop it pop it in a tape player and start playing it i'd hazard a guess that a lot of people would be like yeah it's not bad Mm -hmm. you know like it's it's not def leopard or anything but you know it's it's not bad well and I mean, that's kind of a thing of, of, of kids concerts. And I've been to a mm-hmm. couple of kids concerts or kids type performances and it's supposed to, Oh, God bless you. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's, it, it's supposed to appeal to them, which means mm-hmm. there's going to be stuff that doesn't appeal to us. Right? right. Right. You know, but it's when you detach and like, just, Oh yeah, they're good catchy tunes. I mean, there's nothing, 
inherently wrong about him, you know? Um, yeah. 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 You know, it's just kind of like, that's just kind of the thing of the kids show type stuff. Yeah. Pat, I don't know if you know this. We have a new Patreon subscriber. I, you know, that's awesome. I, I don't know what to say to that. That's, this is pretty humbling. And I will say, I, I gotta, I gotta look a little closer next time. He's probably gonna think this is kind of funny. Uh, I believe if I, if I looked at his profile correctly, he is from Wales. Um, and his name is, or at least the name that was on his profile is Chris Walkton. Okay. And I gotta say the first time I looked at it, I was, I thought it said Chris Walken and I was like, what? That's awesome. Now I don't want Chris to think that like, we're disappointed that he's not Christopher Walken. No, but I got to say, I, it was one of those times, you know, you look at something too quickly and you're like, wait, wait, hold, what, huh? What? You do a Definitely quick, not. you do a quick little double take. And I'm like, huh? That is amazing. That, that's a pretty cool name. Nonetheless. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh, I wonder, I wonder how many times, like, has somebody pointed that out to him or has, has somebody used that as, as a, right. so hopefully we're not, you know, hopefully we're not bringing up something about his name that he's like, I really hate it when people do that. And I, and now I'm kind of nervous. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, now do we have to be self-conscious that like, Oh God, this, this person may have been bullied because of this name. Or I would think if you had a name close to Christopher Walken that you wouldn't get bullied. I would hope it's a mark of honor. I would hope so. Yeah. Like, and I would be curious, can he do a Christopher Walken impersonation? That would be even cooler because yeah. obviously I cannot, I cannot do any impersonations yeah. as we've heard played out over the last several hundred episodes. Pat, you do your best Sean Connery. Yeah, that's not it. <laughs> go back and I'm just going to say, go back and listen to the Red October mm-hmm. and, and that's, listen to that whole sequence. But back to the task at hand. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Very cool. I mean. Wow. I, I don't seriously, John, I don't know what to say, man. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I asked him, I was like, Hey, do you, do you have anything you want us to plug? Do you got, do you have a podcast? Do you have anybody you want to, you know, have anything you want to share with the world? He's like, no, just, you know, happy to help you guys out. And um, thank you. Yeah. Nothing, nothing specific to plug. So, um, so thank you, Chris. That's just, that's so awesome. We appreciate it so much. Very much so. And, uh, you know, anybody else who wants to, to join in and get access to those monthly shows that we do for Patreon subscribers, um, please feel free. Head over to our website, 30podcast.com. There is a link there where you can get to our Patreon page um, and then you can subscribe to the show. That way you can you know, kind of help us out. Um, you know, any amount will get you access to those uh, monthly shows that we do. Um, but obviously, the the more that you donate on there, there are some different tiers and, and different rewards for that. So, um, you know, please feel free. Head on over there. Take a look. And uh, whatever you're able to do to help out, if you are loving the show and you want to just throw a little bit our way just to say thank you and, and help us keep the lights on and keep things running. Um, we greatly appreciate that. We do this for the love of movies. We hope that you are enjoying um, listening and talking with us. Um, you know, we, we kind of feel like we are sitting here having a conversation with all of our different listeners. Uh, we love hearing from everybody. We love talking with everybody. And so, um, yeah, no, we just, we, we love it. We love the fact that we've, you got more and more people coming coming on and helping us in that way and, and wanting to get involved in the show and, and become co-executive producers with us on the show. So thanks, Chris. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, let's get on. Let's get on into it here. We I got a little bit of uh, background information on this one, some of the kind of the production information, and then uh, I've actually got the because um, there was no trailer necessarily for this, but I have the cassette uh, promo that would have been played on Pizza Hut commercials. 
Um, so I'm gonna play that one for us here in just a second, because if you were, if you were lucky enough to get your parents to go to pizza hut and, um, they buy any regular priced pizza for only three 99, you as well could own a copy of the teenage mutant Ninja turtles coming out of their shells tour cassette tape. So just be aware of that. All right. So this one is called the teenage mutant Ninja turtles coming out of their shells tour. It came out, uh, the videotape. VHS. I don't remember when the pay-per-view came out, but I know the, the VHS came out on the 3rd of October, 1990. Um, not rated. Runtime of one hour, 30 minutes. Directed by Lorenzo Jordan and Thomas White. Um, this is their only directing credit. The producer on this one was Michael Pillett. Uh, he also produced UFC 1 and several different comedy specials. Uh, writers on this one were, I, I don't know if it's Bob Behan or Bijan. It's a J. I don't know if it's a, I don't know which way the J is pronounced. Uh, so Bob, we'll just call him Bob. Uh, Bob also wrote, I'm your man, Thomas White. Uh, this is the only thing that he has as a writing credit. And then Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, they did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, comic. Hmm. And then Bob and Godfrey Nelson did the music uh, for Bob. This was the only thing. And then for Nelson, I think he was, he did an episode of Tales from the Dark Side as well. Couldn't find any information on the budget or the box office. Um, no information on flick metrics or cinema score. Gregory Garrison played Donatello. Uh, he was also a set decorator for Airwolf, uh, for Hill Street Blues, and Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Boy, Rock. that's a nice array of shows if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Right? Dang. Roger Catchell, who died in 2006, played Leonardo. He was in Girls Just Want to Have Fun and Tough Turf. David Shatraw was Michelangelo. He was in the TV show Titus and a movie called In Her Shoes. Uh, Ron K. Smith played Raphael. He was in We Wish You a Turtle Christmas and Turtle Tunes, um, which from what I hear, a couple of different places, I don't think I've ever seen it. But from what I hear, if you think that this concert is bad, you need to go see Turtle Tunes. Yikes. That is what I have heard. I have not seen. I have only heard. Uh, Sherry Renee Scott played April O'Neil. She was in Marcy X and the movie P.S. I Love You. Bo Allen played Shredder. He was in My New Roommate and Smokescreen. And Mark Aris played Splinter. And this is his only credit to the Coming Out of Their Shells tour. The Ninja Turtles need the help of their fans and April O'Neil to stop Shredder and Baxter Stockman from destroying all music in the world. Deep. It comes from the sewers. You know what I mean? No one has ever seen anything. It's to be in groups coming, oh, but these guys are I actually remember that line from the commercial because they don't spell pizza. They don't sell pizza in record stores, dude. Well, so, um, <laughs> I, 
Let's just do it. Um, how did this, did you guys, okay, let me ask you this one first before I ask how it made you feel. Cause I'm curious slash afraid to ask that question. Um, is this the first time that you have watched or listened to this? And did you watch, listen, or both? Um, no, it was not the first time for me. Um, and technically I, both, but I only watched because I still listened to it. But okay. um, I watched the YouTube uh, the video that's out on YouTube, which seems to be an amalgamation of the review event and the VHS and the original VHS. Okay. Um, very interesting. That same deal. I, well, actually, I I had never even heard of it until you guys, you know, until it came up and it was this is what we're checking out this month. And then I watched it and listened, you know, oh, well, not separate, but I mean, I had the audio going while I was watching it. Um, and I too watched the thing on YouTube that had the different clips and kind of all, I don't know if it was spliced together or how that whole thing worked, but yep, that's the one I saw. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, this is definitely not a first time. This is the first time in a, in a while. Um, as I mentioned before, somebody had shared the album with me digitally uh, a couple years ago, and that was, that was fun at that point to be able to go back and listen to it. Cause this is one of those cassettes that, you know, in, in, in childhood, I had probably, uh, anywhere from five to 10 cassettes that were just, that was pretty much all I listened to, uh, for a good stretch of time. And this would have been one of those cassettes that was on the regular rotation for, um, what would it have been 10, 11 year old John at that point? Um, mm-hmm. so, and, and I've, uh, I've said several times, I, I blame pizza hut and the book it Pro- program for my childhood obesity. Um, I also blame them for, well, but also being well-read and, um, I also blame them for getting me this cassette and probably driving my parents crazy. Cause I kept playing it over and over <laughs> and over again. I'm sure all my dad wanted to listen to in the car was Jimmy Buffett. And I'm sure I probably demanded that we put this one in from time to time mm-hmm. as an adult, I would opt for the Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> right. But, yes. Um, unless he does a cover of coming out of their shells, but I don't know. I don't think he's done that. Yeah. No. Um, so. so, so let me ask you the question, whether this was seeing it for the first time or the first time in a long time, or whatever the case may be. Um, how did it make you feel? I, I felt fine. <laughs> I'm fine. We're all fine here. No, I, got, I felt I got good. A, I, I, got I, little, get, I got a little indigestion here, but I feel fine. <laughs> I get where it's coming from. Yeah. I get where it's coming from. It's, it's, it's stuff for kids and kids don't necessarily, you know, process stuff the same way we do. And so, uh, you know, it's uh, it's stuff that it's easy to sing along with. The songs are fun and catchy and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I think I think if you look at if you look at the target audience, I think it works. I mean, I I could see where you know some of it was kind of like oh, okay, can let's let's move this along here. But the, again, that being said, kids dig it, so yeah, let you just keep going with it. Yeah. What about you, Bo? How does this make you feel inside? Um, you know, we were talking a little before the podcast started and 
watching the concert and, and dealing with the story um, sort of made me weep for the level of entertainment that I enjoyed as a child. <laughs> um, but I have to say, just listening to the music without the extra storyline and everything, mm-hmm. it's got some real 80s um, power chords in it that mm-hmm. kind of resonate with me, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a couple of, you know, it kind of reminds me of the Transformers, the movie soundtrack in a couple of places, you know? It's just got some yeah. some decent guitar chords. <laughs> yeah. I, I could take or leave the story. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just didn't do it for me. Yeah. Well, and I think watching the video, cause this is, I, I, I don't think I probably watched the video more than once as a kid. I mean, we probably rented it. Like I said, I think we rented it from blockbuster one time, watched it. And I even think as a kid, I remember being like, eh, I'm just going to listen to the cassette tape. Cause this is, I don't know. This is kind of weird. Um, yeah. so even, even as a kid, I don't remember the, the video really, you know, hitting me very much at all. What this does remind me of. So I, I guess how this makes me feel. It makes me feel nostalgic because I remember these songs. Um, but I enjoyed, as you guys have said, I enjoyed listening to the, um, just the audio version that I had more than watching, you know, the, to, to quote the kids nowadays, it was very cringy, uh, to try to watch the YouTube video. Um, it really felt like I was watching the old home videos of when you'd go to like Disney world and you'd record all the stage shows you went to go see. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you went and recorded, my dad did that. Like when we went to Disney world, he recorded the Muppets uh, stage show that we went to at Disney world. He recorded the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. Um, you know, all those different things that we went to, he, he must've recorded every single thing that we went to and recorded every moment of it. And I kind of felt like I was watching one of those shows. Like I, I should be sitting in a theater at Disney world, watching a bunch of Muppets run around on stage, you know, making jokes and singing songs and playing music. That's kind of what it felt like. So to your point, Pat, it's for kids. That's exactly what it should be. You know, and I, I think they try to maybe with the music, maybe some of the humor, they tried to fit in some stuff because they're like, yeah, your parents are going to have to bring their kids to this. So, you know, we should throw in a few things here or there that are going to resonate with the parents. But uh, for the most part, it's kids. So it's not like, you know, we don't have to have an Oscar winning story here. We just have to get the kids involved and they just have to scream and sing along at the times we want them to scream and sing along. So a couple things I found for this one, uh, the tour premiered at the radio city music hall in New York. Uh, it was sponsored by pizza hut and you could buy the cassette. I think I mentioned earlier for three 99 with the purchase of a regular price pizza. Uh, Leonardo played the bass. Donatello played keyboard. Raphael played drums and saxophone. Uh, Cause it's, 80s slash early 90s so why not saxophone uh michelangelo was the guitarist and lead vocals um and what was kind of interesting is because you're at 1990 and and you're kind of you're not quite in the 90s yet but you're also still not in the 80s entirely um like their outfits and everything are kind of a mixture of of like 80s rock and and grunge Um, you know, so you've got the, you've got like the leather jackets and you've got some of the like studded collars and and some of that kind of stuff. And the only thing they're missing, which would have made them even freakier looking would be, uh, the big hair. 
Like, I, I almost think we need some Ninja Turtles with big hair. There you go. Mm-hmm. I, their eyes were freaky enough. I mean, something about these costumes and the way that their eyes, when I see still pictures of these Ninja Turtle costumes and their eyes are just wide open, that's the stuff of nightmares. Like that's a little, you know, compared with the movie costumes that they had, that's, it's a little scary. So, um, so we talk a little bit about the story. Um, you know, obviously we, we get to see splinter, we get to see April O'Neil. So if you were a kid and you were familiar with, um, you know, the cartoon, um, at the end, at that point, I think most kids were familiar with the cartoon. They were familiar with the toys. Um, not a lot of people as much probably with the comic book. Uh, Baxter Stockman was always, you know, somebody that would show up in the, in the cartoons as well. Shredder, obviously the big villain. Uh, they, they dropped the name of dimension X every once in a while, which was supposed to be kind of like the, the alternate dimension where, um, uh, what was his name? Krang, uh, was the, the brain. Um, and that was kind of where Shredder was getting a lot of his technology for his foot soldiers and everything else. Um, so basically the storyline is the Ninja Turtles are, um, kind of, I don't know if I want to say they're renouncing violence, but they're kind of like renouncing, uh, their ninja status in order to save the world through music. And the conflict here is that shredder hates music like with a passion hates music. And so he's working with Baxter Stockman using a weapon that he got from Krang in dimension X called the D harmonic convergence controller. Cause say that three times real fast. No, I no. don't think I will. No. <laughs> um, so, and you know, when you really kind of listen to, when you watch the video of it and you get kind of the sense of, of some of what the story is, um, I mean, you do get that there is, Obviously this is for kids and there's kind of, there's a pretty strong kind of anti-bullying message in there and like how to stand up for yourself and, and be confident and things like that. Um, but again, except, and oh, there is, and you're not wrong, except yeah. then they go on, at least in the, the, uh, DVD, mm-hmm. the, 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 the pay-per-view of it, you got a kid for not having a date in the second row. Like what? Yeah. Oh, there's, there's a lot of questionable stuff. What is happening? Yeah. Well, because you you spend a good portion, we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but you spend a good portion of the early part of the story of this concert saying, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be violence. That's going to solve things. Music will solve things better than any weapon. And yet by the end of the concert, what do they end up doing? They end up fighting the foot clan soldiers and like, you know, beating them all up. So yeah, it's, even though music it's will solve everything, you still got to use your fists is what, yeah, is what I learned. Um, and even though you have these positive messages and all this other stuff, um, that does not mean, I mean, this whole thing is sponsored by pizza hut. So of course you're going to get, you're going to get the power ballad that's called pizza power. Which is something else. That's for sure.
So yes, when you're sponsored by Pizza Hut, you you have to have the power ballad, Pizza Power. Sure. Yeah. Because why not? Right. Yeah. Um. So apparently, kind of looking back at at some of the uh, how this thing got made was uh, they they kind of Bob. I don't know if it's if it's. Behan or Bijan, however you want to say it, um, said that he created this tour because he was working in musical theater and he felt there wasn't enough popular music, like rock music, in theater at the time that it was mainly just Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, that's pretty much it, which, you know, late 80s, early 90s, sure, yes, that's mm-hmm. probably the case. Um, I, I would argue, go back to Jesus Christ Superstar, plenty of rock music in that one, but that's okay. Um, the only thing I think they said at the time that was similar was similar to this in like the production value and things like that was Sesame street on ice. Um, you know, you didn't have a lot of the Disney on ice stuff yet. You didn't have some of the, like the kids concert type things that you have now. Um, and so they were trying to develop something that was different. Like they were trying to create, um, you know, not, not musical theater for adults necessarily, but I think they wanted to get to that point, but they wanted to have something where they could incorporate rock music into musical theater. And this was kind of one of the first things that they came up with. Um, The original idea apparently when they wrote it was that the turtles were kind of a garage band just in the sewers instead of a garage. And the idea of the coming out of their shells was that they had practiced and, and, tried to like hone their skills as musicians and that they were finally coming up to the real world um, up above the sewers to share their music with everybody for the first time. And then I think from there, um, it just kind of production value, budget, everything kind of escalated as they got Pizza Hut involved and all kinds of other stuff. So the story had to take a slightly larger scale turn than just being a, uh, you know, being a garage band that's coming up from the sewers. A um, couple of things that I read about this was they just kind of called um, Eastman and Lair, the guys who created the Ninja Turtles. They just kind of called them out of the blue and they're like, hey, we got this idea for a musical. It's going to be the Ninja Turtles musical. What do you think? Can we come over and play the tape for you? <laughs> and apparently they just went over to their house and and just said, hey, um, yeah, we got this demo tape. Can we play you a few songs? And they played this for Eastman and Laird and they were like, no, yeah, we love it. Yeah, you got our blessing. Go for it. So they didn't have the money at the time. So they then, then they just started like, cold calling producers and they're like, Hey, um, we got this idea. We think it's gonna be really, really great idea. We think it's gonna make a lot of money. Um, we need 50,000 for the rights to be able to use the Ninja Turtles. And they found somebody who's like, yeah, no, I think it's a great idea here. 50,000 bucks. It's all yours. (laughs) And then they were like, okay, well, so we've got the rights. Now we have to actually do it. We can, right. We got to do something with it and we're going to need to, that's like the movies that, what was it? The, the, those movies that were the guys that have the poster first and all those movies yeah. were made. That's what that kind of sounds like is, is like the Canon we're films. Ninja Turtles rock band, Can- yeah. uh, not canvas. Canon. What is it? Canon. Canon. Yeah. The can, can- the Canon. We're going to have a turtles rock band. Sure. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, mm. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. N- now, now we got to figure that out. Yeah. Well, and then I think at one point too, they're like, okay, so as this thing starts to grow and grow and grow and uh, they're like, okay, well now we actually got to get the Ninja Turtles on stage and we got to make the costumes and we got to have the, the set design. And 
like we're going to need some more stuff here. So I think we're probably going to need a little bit more money than just the 50,000 it costs to, you know, get the, the licensing for this, to get the rights for this. And so then they were like, well, okay, we need corporate sponsorship. What's a natural here. Ninja turtles pizza. So apparently they just went to the three, uh, the, the, the Holy Trinity of pizza at that point in time, they went to pizza hut, Domino's and little Caesars. And, um, they kind of shopped it around and they said, Hey, here's what we're, here's what we're thinking of doing. Um, who wants to do a deal with us? And apparently it was just a few days later they had done, I want to say it was, a pizza hut had agreed to purchase. Oh, I forget what the number was, but it was like several million. I want to say it was several million copies, like 1.5 million copies of, uh, of the album, you know, and they, I think they let the guys retain the merchandising rights and things like that. But, um, yeah. And so the idea was they were going to sell the soundtrack at pizza hut. And then there was going to be this like 40 city tour that the concert would follow the, um, what do they call the musical mutagen tour. And, mm -hmm. um, they were going to do this 40 city tour around the United States and uh, pizza hut was going to be the, the primary sponsor of it. And of course you do get, you know, you get some other little jokes in the show. Um, you get a crack about American express. And I think at one point, all the turtles like turn around and in unison, they say something about, you know, don't leave home without it. Um, you know, stuff like that. So obviously you've got a little bit of the uh, corporate sponsorship stuff in there. Uh, at one point they're throwing foam pizzas into the crowd. Um, you know, so it's, uh, all of those accusations that like the eighties, uh, eighties cartoons were just there to sell toys. Um, you, you kind of get a sense at times that like this concert's just here to sell pizzas. Mm -hmm. Cause we know, uh, yeah. we, we know I the kids. It's definitely the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we know the kids love the Ninja Turtles. Hey, the, the kids, the kids love the Ninja Turtles. Let's, let's get them to eat pizza. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta say this, like the costumes looked very much like, I could see where like, the, like did the movie come out before this or because like even the costumes closely resembled the movie, you know what I'm saying? At, at least enough that you could tell they were contemporaries. Yes. Yeah. The movie came out, I want to say like March 31st, late March. It was like a, it was a spring break movie. And uh, so it came out in March of 1990. And then this, I, like I said, I forget when the pay-per-view one came out, the VHS I think came out in October I want to say that maybe the pay-per-view came out in August of 90. So it's just a couple, a few months after the movie had come out. And that was kind of their plan was that they were going to use costumes that look like they were from the movie. And I guess on one of their first nights of doing like a full costume run through of the show, um, they had, I want to say like two or three of the performers collapsed from exhaustion because um, mm -hmm. the costumes they were just too heavy and they were too hot. Um, and the costumes, like the movie costumes had the full shell on the back and mm -hmm. the costume had, I, I guess it was maybe a little bit more, a little bit more articulation like it is in the movie. Um, but I guess they kind of had to do away with some of that and, and kind of lighten the load on the costumes. Cause it just got to be too much. So I think mm -hmm. if you look at the ones, I mean, of course they're all wearing like uh, jean jackets. So if you look at the costumes they've got in this kind of the final version of the concert, they don't really have turtle shells on the back. Cause they just, it added too much weight for the performers. Um, right. so they did have to go through, make some of the changes, but they did, you know, they kind of tried to base it, I think as much as they could off of the movie costumes. Yeah. So, you know, I, for what it is, I mean, they, they did a nice job, the, the set design, the, the you know, the, the costume pieces, um, 
except for Shredder's. Shredder's costume was a little janky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <clears throat> Shredder was kind of funny. I don't know if we're going to talk about him later, but mm-hmm. that was that that was kind of like fun. Yeah. Well, well talk yeah. about talk about like Chuck E. Cheese characters. I a Splinter always kind of reminded me when I saw the video. I was like, that kind of looks like kind of looks like that mouse girl from Chuck E. Cheese if she just grew a beard. Yeah. If she wasn't wearing yes. a cheerleader costume and she grew a beard, that's Splinter. Yeah. Kinda. Hey, kid, your mom. <laughs> hey, want to go to my Technodrome? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, like, let's, wait, let's, that just happened? Yes, that let's. That just happened. Let's talk about Heel Shredder for a second. Oh, man. So he's he's totally playing up the uh, like the the wrestling show villain. Oh, man. Yeah, he was like picking on people and hitting on people's moms. And that's a really good. Now, I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that 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 part was uh, that part was a little awkward. Uh, man, that made me that cracked me up like that to me. That was like the most like, oh, dang, that's sweet. <laughs> that you was the, that was the one moment for the adults. Yes. That was like going to Ed DeBevix. Yeah. You guys went to Ed DeBevix, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, so a little side note. Like, I remember a couple of buddies of my, uh, I had a friend. We went to college, and then one guy was from Omaha, and then two uh, brothers uh, were at school, and they were both from um, outside of Minot, North Dakota, right? Family farm. And then they came down to Chicago. On just like spring break, they came and stayed at my place, and uh, we went and hit all the places. And they wanted to see, they wanted to go to Ed DeBevix. They're like, "Yeah, we heard they're going to stuff where waiters rip on you." Like, yeah. I'm like, "Okay." So we go to Ed DeBevix, and I'm like, "Guys, now just remember, you know, you asked for it, and we're gonna go." And we got there. Holy cow! They did not enjoy it. Like they got mad. Like all of a sudden, I'm like, "Now just remember, this is all part of the shtick." And they're like, "Yeah, that's okay." And uh, first thing, the guys like. Uh, so what do you guys want? Well, first of all, do you have Coke or Pepsi? And they're like, read the menu, nerd. And like, like my one friend just got mad. I'm like, dude, that was like, that's that the point. That's that the, the that's point. the deal. Uh, anyways, Shredder cracked me up. I, I thought that yeah. was fun. I had one of my sisters, speaking of Ed DeBevix, mm-hmm. I remember we went there one time, I think it was for my sister's birthday and she invited some of her friends and, and they were all, I'll say they were either eighth grade or freshman or something like that. And uh, one of the waiters actually licked one of my sister's friends. <laughs> like, that's uh that definitely would not fly nowadays. I'm not no. sure. I'm not sure it should have flown in the mid nineties either. No, it's <laughs> funny now. Yeah. A little funny. I mean, definitely very awkward, a little funny, but totally awkward. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Oh. I miss Ed DeBevix. Yeah. If you wanted, I mean, but if you wanted the full experience, you had to go to the one downtown. The one that was in, uh, was it in Northbrook? Yeah, it was only so-so. Right. That that one was kind of tame. That's like, um, have you guys ever been to the Kuma's Corner restaurant? Mm-hmm. The, the like heavy metal burger place? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I've learned is of the two locations that are close by us, if you want the full heavy metal experience, you got to go to the one that's in Schaumburg, Illinois. Okay. Because if you go to the one that's here in in uh, in our town where where the school is that we work at, um, it's uh, you can definitely tell they have turned the volume down for the customers. <laughs> it's huh. it's much quieter. Like I went in there one time expecting like I you go to the one that's in Schaumburg, um, 
and these are the only two locations I've been to. And I went into that one. I was like, okay, this is the heavy, heavy metal experience. The music is loud. I can't even talk to the person next to me. Sure. This is what I came here for. Like I came here cause I heard they had really good burgers and really loud music. And that's what I'm here for. I went to the one that was in Vernon Hills and I was like, I can actually hear myself think huh. this is weird. Well, it's kind of a nice lunch, but uh, so you've got your choices, you know, yeah. you, it's cool if you, corner unplugged. If, yeah. If you wanted the, uh, if you wanted the Ed DeBevix where you knew you were really going to get ripped into, you had to go downtown. Yeah. Well, no. but shredder. Yeah. Shredder up, man. Yeah. Shredder's a lot of fun. I mean, the costume kind of cheesy, but, uh, it doesn't look so great, but, um, yeah, either he was having a really good time or he, this was like the worst job he's ever had and he was just taking it out on everybody. <laughs> no, man, that was that was <laughs> fun. Yeah, you I can't know, I can't even and, remember. Uh, I mean, they kind of had and it's funny hearing the little like you said the history of the thing where <sighs> you know, it was it was like how it all came about and all that because like it, not that I like hit all the kids show circuits and everything, but I mean, it, it seemed to kind of have all the beats of like going to see a, some kind of a kid's production, mm-hmm. whether it's on ice shows or it's, uh, you know, like a Jurassic park adventure show or whatever, you know, there's, you know, there's some sort of a challenge. There's some sort of an adventure. There's some sort of the audience has to get involved and, you know, um, I'll, I'll sing the song and chant. And then that brings people back to life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, 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 uh, it had all the beats. Now you and, said, you said, Pat, you've been to a couple of like kids concerts like that. What, which ones have you gone to? You know, I'm trying to think like, what did we go to a Clifford one back in okay. the day? Um, we took the, took the kids when they were a little bit younger, a little bit younger, a lot a bit younger, uh, we went and saw Clifford, the big red dog. Um, we've seen some of the Disney on ice things. Okay. I think at least one of those um, Disney on ice deals. Um, we went to uh, the Jurassic Park World Tour or the Jurassic World Tour uh, with the animatronic dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that wasn't so much as a concert, um, but it was uh, – that wasn't so much of a concert, but that was um, – you know, like a production. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, we were at, and I forget the gal's name, but, um, uh, she does like kids songs. Like, and there was all kids songs of, uh, and we saw her at Ravinia. And oh. so we went and did like a whole concert of kids music and it was fun, man. The tunes are catchy. I mean, you know, she was pretty awesome. I, I wish I remembered her name. I'd give her a, you know, you know, we'd give her a plug on the show, yeah. but, um, you know, been to see that. And, and like I said, it's different than this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle things, but a lot of the beats are the same, you know, it's a kid's concert. Plus they've got some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mm -hmm. kind of thing going on. And so, yeah, I will say that I I don't know that we've really been to, I mean, we've been to some stuff like smaller scale stuff, maybe at like Ravinia or somewhere like that. Um, which for people listening that are not from our area is kind of an outdoor venue um, that is uh, you know, you can, 
You can either sit in the pavilion, you can pay to sit in the pavilion seats, um, or you can sit in the grassy area outside and like bring a meal with you, stuff like that. And, you know, sit outside mm-hmm. and, and listen to the music from there. Um, but uh, I, I, I can't think of too many that we've been to, you know, that have this same kind of style to it. Like mm-hmm. we, we haven't necessarily been to like a, um, you know, a, a full blown arena type concert deal. Um, you know, like the Disney on ice kind of stuff and, and things like that. Um, I, I will say that back when they used to do, I know for a little while, for a stretch of time, they were doing like the Marvel superheroes mm-hmm. stage show. I don't know if that was a musical as well, but they're doing some kind of like a stage show at either at, um, all state arena or somewhere like that. And, uh, I remember a couple of times I'd be like, Hey, um, the kids really want to go see the Marvel thing. Oh, do they? Yeah, they told me they did. Hey, kids, you want to go see the Marvel thing? Eh. No, remember, you guys really wanted to go see that, didn't you? No, I think you you just wanted to see that, Dad. No, no, no. You guys told me, like, you were really excited. You really wanted to go see it. And you, you really, even help. Yeah. And you really thought it was worth the, like, 80 bucks a ticket. No. I just want to stay home and watch The Simpsons. <sighs> you know, you raise them and you, you try to try to get them to grow up the right way and they just they fail you at every turn that's that's that that's where you pull in alan rickman and prince of thieves yes no more merciful beheadings cancel <laughs> all pay payments to the poor and call off christmas call off christmas <laughs> yes tammy tammy just texted in the uh the the singer i was speaking of was L- Lori bergner oh okay hmm. Lori bergner okay good tunes it was a fun show Lori, if you're listening, good tunes. Pardon me? I said, Lori, if you're listening, good tunes. Yeah, great tunes. Yeah. Um, um, while we're talking about things that were there probably or hopefully for the adults, um, I can't look at Donatello the same way ever again. <laughs> there was a lot of, uh, I don't know. If this was the 50s, they would have filmed him from the waist up. let's let's put it this way if he was uh yeah i mean it was it wasn't twerking but i mean there was um yeah i didn't i didn't know turtles could dance like that and i felt i almost i almost wanted to pull a almost wanted to pull a garth kind of the way he dances kind of makes me feel a little funny (laughs) yeah it was uh did you ever find Very. did you ever find Bugs Bunny kind of cute when he dressed up as a girl bunny? No. no. Okay, neither did I. Yeah, just asking. <laughs> oh man. You remember when they introduced the girl ninja turtle? Did you ever think she no? <laughs> oh man. Uh so one funny thing here, real quick. Let me um I'll see if I can share this with you guys. Uh, those of you listening at home, playing along at home, uh, will not necessarily be able to see this. But um, so apparently this year for the San Diego Comic Con that did not happen, mm-hmm. um, they created action no. figures. Yeah. So they had like full blown action figures for wow. the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour. Look at that. Yeah. I don't know how much these things cost. I mean, they actually look 
pretty fancy. Again, yeah. I'm, I'm glad Donatello has that keyboard placed where he does. Cause I just, I don't feel right looking at him anymore. Just kind of, it's awkward. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they, they came out with these action figures and I was like, huh? All right. Well, for the six people that probably remember what this is, I'm sure they'll order those right away. Mm-hmm. And then there was a small part of me that was like, and how much you are, and how you much, and how much are I know they? You do. <laughs> and how much are they? Right. If they're only this much a piece, then oh, they're sold as a set. Okay, well, I mean, it's, you know, that it all kind of came out at the same time it makes me think of the Hulk. Remember how there was a Hulk, and then there was Hulk, and it was like all there were the different movies on the same thing. That's kind of mm-hmm. like this. They had a movie, they had this live action show, and there was a cartoon going on. Not to mention the comic books that were the source material, and none of it coordinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. But. Well, it's kind of like on a, oh, this would be a totally side tangent that would, you know, keep us here for hours and hours on end. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, apparently that's, um, I, I just read this the other day. That's the way uh, DC Comics is now going to go with their stories, not just in their movies, but in their comic books. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Well, I don't want to say nothing. Um, they're not concerned about things being connected anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. so they're like, yeah, we're going to tell Superman stories. We're going to tell Superman stories here. Does that have to happen in the same universe as the Batman stories over here? Nah. Which is a complete departure from what they've done for like the last, I don't know, 60 years. Yeah. So I, it'll, that'll be interesting. But um, so is there, as you were listening to this uh, or watching this, is there a song on the album that you were like, hey, that one's actually pretty good. Were there any that like jumped out at you right away and you're like, hmm, you know, I might be a little embarrassed to admit this, but that's not bad. I, I always preface this by saying no one's paying me to be a songwriter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not recording kids albums and all that kind of stuff. So it's would be easy for me to sit there and like, but in the same token, it's like, well, no one's calling me. So. You know, I should watch what I say. Mm-hmm. That being said, I mean, all the rock tunes, you know, they had, they were, they did what they were designed to do. You know, they had catchy tunes. They were simple. So it's easy for kids to process them, you know, and, and get them stuck in your head. I guess if one stuck out would have been the ballad that April O'Neil sang just because it was like someone actually singing um, live mm-hmm. or at least I think. And, uh, you know, that one kind of stood out, but, um, but yeah, yeah. You know, not going to fault any of the tunes. They kind of did what they were designed to do. Yeah. It was this one, the April's ballad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can make it through Afraid of everything Afraid of what he'll do But they told me You can count on us 
All right. Maybe a little bit much vibrato, but again, I, yeah. no one's asking me to sing, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna bad mouth. Hey, I, if it had been just maybe like a a little bit more, a little bit more heart, and when I mean I say heart, I mean like the band heart, mm-hmm. a little bit more like that. I, I, if it was a little bit more of a, you know, alone, maybe if it sounded like the song alone, and it was just a little bit more, a uh, little bit more power ballad, little little bit more belting it out there. Yeah. But no, not bad at all. I mean, that's that's the thing is that when you go through and you listen to these songs, as much as we kind of make fun of it and as much as the video itself, you, you kind of sit there and you're like, I enjoyed this as a kid. Mm-hmm. OK, <laughs> it's I'm, I'm glad my tastes have changed, um, you know, but I, for what it is, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. I remember there was a whole string of kind of promotional cassettes that would come out um, kind of around about this time. I remember there was a, um, was it a Sega Genesis game that came out? That was a Spider-Man game. It was like Spider-Man Venom uh, Maximum Carnage. Yes. Yeah. And there was like a promotional tape that you could get. It was, I don't, it was only like two or three songs. I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, and then later on in the nineties, there was a, maybe that's even like early two thousands, but I feel like it's very late nineties. There was a, um, Oh, what was the star Wars game called? It was, was it called force commander? And there was like a heavy, Yeah, that was, that's one. Yeah. And there was like a heavy metal version of the Imperial March. Yeah. It came out with that. Do you guys remember that? No, I think I no? do, but I think I need to go to the Google. Right, I'm going to, I'm going to find it for you. It was a game called Force Commander, and I think it was when you, you know, I think you could control some of the um, some of the vehicles in the game. Here, let's see if I can find it here. Of course, I'm gonna do this from yeah. See, I'm gonna do it from YouTube, and I'm gonna get a bunch of ads here. So let's uh, let's mute that for the time being, so we don't have to listen to the ad. But yeah, I remember this coming out, but this is like one of those other, you know, you had the, the promotional cassette tapes that would come out and whatnot. Yeah, let's see, we got it now. So I remember that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Good stuff. But yeah, there was that. There was the um, I want to I want to find like the Maximum Carnage one now. Because um, who was that? I was trying to remember who. Now I can't remember who it was. In the game, that, you're saying it was the promotional tape that came out. Hmm. Um, God, who was that? Yeah, it was like a single that came out that, no, not a compilation tape. Yeah, I, there's a, but you, as soon as I said that, it sounded like you, you remembered what I was talking about, Pat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, it, 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 pieces are coming back together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I, yeah, I kind I of. Uh, Bo, did you get a chance to list your favorite tune off the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Live Around the World extravaganza? It's a tough one. I think maybe Tubin, just because it's got a cheap beat to it. Which one? Tubin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I think I had that one. You played it earlier. Did I play it earlier? <clears throat> Sounds like it could be uh, the opening music to a random 80s movie, you know? Mm-hmm. This could be the opening with different lyrics. This could be the opening at work. Right? Yeah, that's a fun one. I found, uh, so I found the Maximum Carnage deal. Nice. And uh, the reason that I know of it is because it was done by the band uh, Green Jello. Mm-hmm. And I used to have the Green Jello album. I'm a little okay. embarrassed to say. Um, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, yeah, let me see if I can pull up the the video here. from the uh, it was called carnage rules from the promotional cassette tape that you could get that went along with the video game for the sega genesis So nothing, um, you know, the lyrics are not going to shatter any uh, writing records. Not going to win any awards necessarily, but yeah, but yeah. It's just another one of those, you know, like that that whole string of you know the promotion uh, promotional singles that you could get that came along with a video game or a whatever it might have been. Right. Um, I think for mine, I I, I probably got to go with. Um, I mean, as a kid, I loved all the songs that were on here. I, I probably, though, and I, I know I've already played it a couple times, but I think I'd have to go with the first one on the album, just the, the coming out of their shells. Mm-hmm. The first song on there. You know, even as an adult, if I didn't know this was about the Ninja Turtles, I, it wouldn't be a bad song to listen to. inside of you You know that someday it's got to come through That's why we're here and we're telling you true We're coming out of a shell yeah. You hear the rhythm and you're moving your feet Yeah, so 
I kind of like we've said, you know, there's there's the music in here. Some of it is, you know, they, they think they figured it would work for the adults. The kids would probably enjoy the storyline part of it. Um, <laughs> the only thing that as I'm watching the video, as I'm reading up on some of the like how how the whole thing was structured when uh, Shredder comes out, I can only imagine now that it would just it would just incite panic if a character came out and said, I've locked all the doors and none of you can leave. Right. Like, okay. You probably didn't use the word trigger in the same way back then. <laughs> I, I know you didn't. Um, but I don't think you could do that now. No. Like, even if it's part of the show, I'm not sure that you can say, all right, we've locked all the doors. None of you can leave and you're all going to be my slaves. Is that your mom? Mm. Yes, <laughs> that's my hey. Technodrome after the show. <laughs> uh huh. Crazy town. Yeah, you gotta watch out for Shredder. We already know he's got a foot thing. Hey now. Yeah, you're saying Marcellus Wallace had him thrown <laughs> out the window for giving him a foot massage. <laughs> uh, Nobody uh. touches Mrs. <laughs> Wallace except Mr. Wallace. Mr. Wallace. <laughs> my feet, my, I can I can give a pretty just, good foot massage. <laughs> that movie, oh man! That, you know I'm kind of tired. I can use a foot massage myself. Yo yo yo, man! You best back off. I'm getting a little pissed here. <laughs> I'm just gonna say too that like talking about the April O'Neil tune. April O'Neil was very much kind of the damsel in distress in this. You mm -hmm. know, kind of running around and needing to be rescued. And yeah. uh, I'm I'm just gonna say that like okay. I know we're looking 30 years on and not judging and I'll say why in a second, but it was just like, yeah, that's, that's a little different. You know, April O'Neil needs to be rescued in this. Mm -hmm. Huh? Okay. I mean, yeah, she's not like a ninja, but okay. Okay. I, it's okay. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh wait, the movie came out the same year and in the movie she's pretty tough. Oh yeah. She's you know not. I mean? Yeah. If, yeah, it, and, if anything, uh, she's saving them. Yeah. And, you know, I wonder if in the rewatch, like I cannot get enough of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, like yeah. I can rewatch that thing once, twice a year. Easy. Oh, and, good. Because we're doing it next uh, month. What was that? I said good because we're doing it next month. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> excitement. But oh, uh, I'm I'm very excited for that movie. Yeah. One twenty two and an eight. One twenty two <laughs> and an eight. And I, I wonder if that kind of helps make that movie work now is that. April O'Neil is not just the one that needs to be rescued. Right. All the time. Right. It's. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else we want to say about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour? Enjoy the music. Skip video. Yeah. Not worth it. Uh, you can also, if you want to, unless you just like awkward things and you want to mm -hmm. watch Donatello dance, um, you could probably also skip the, uh, on YouTube, they have the episode of the Oprah Winfrey show, which is basically, oh, it's basically dear. a one hour commercial for this tour. Uh, she has the Ninja Turtles and April O'Neil on the show and she's interviewing them on the show. Huh. And there's a, there's a, when she introduces them. Does she say a Ninja Turtles? <laughs> And you get a pizza and you get everybody check under your seats. <laughs> Ew, that's what I stepped in. Um, there, there's a, there's a little bit of an awkward part where she asks something about, uh, I don't remember if she asked April O'Neil about uh, if, if one of the turtles is her favorite or something like that. And it was either Raphael or Michelangelo uh, says something about trying to convince April about uh, interspecies dating. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, 
It was kind of cute when Rizzo the rat implied that in uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. (laughs) (laughs) But um, this just, it seems a little awkward. So if you don't like moments like that, where it makes you question your childhood love of the Ninja Turtles, maybe don't watch the Oprah Winfrey episode. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, we have three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Question number one. Favorite concert you've ever attended? Oh, <laughs> okay, welcome to the Jerry Lewis Telethon. We'll be here for another four hours as Pat goes through the concerts he's attended in order and how much he loved them. Remember, it's for the kids. Favorite concert I ever attended? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, well, I volunteer to go last. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute to go last. <laughs> now that would be a fun show to see hunger games, the live action musical. There, there you go. go. Yeah. It would be like, um, I know I've mentioned it on the show before. It would be like starlight express, but instead of train races, you just eliminate one of the characters after every act. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of fun. I can narrow this down to, I have some secondary ones. We went to, and actually, um, this person just passed away, I'll say maybe a week ago. Uh, one of my dad's favorite singers. Uh, he was a musician that, you know, started in New York, but kind of, he was on his way to California, stopped in Austin, Texas and never left. Um, mm-hmm. his name was Jerry Jeff Walker. And, okay. uh, I know that, uh, you know, very big in kind of the Texas outlaw country music scene. In fact, a lot of people, a lot of people now that are in that musical scene down in Austin and Texas, um, you know, they're, they're building off of what he did, even though, even if they don't know him, even if they don't know it. Um, and I know, uh, D graves, I was actually surprised when, when I found out about this, I think I put something up on Facebook, uh, and D from the surely can't be serious podcast. He was on here for a couple of our shows too. Um, he put some stuff up about him. So he, he must be a big fan of his as well. Um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, that one, that one was kind of, uh, that was one of those that, that hit me kind of hard. Um, you know, just like a, a Robin Williams or David Bowie. Cause it was just so much of what was in our house growing up. It was you know, one of my dad's favorites. Um, so we actually went to a, I want to say it was like a county fair um, near Sacramento when we were living there for a summer. We thought we were going to live in California before we moved to Illinois. And uh, we were there for a summer and we went out to the county fair and we didn't even realize it. We went to this county fair and all of a sudden we're looking up at the stage and Jerry Jeff Walker is up there singing. And we're like, wait, like this dude sold like many albums and he's playing a county fair. Okay, cool. Um, so I said, I mean, that one, kind of my second tier ones would be that one. Uh, when 
we went to Ribfest. We saw ZZ Top mm-hmm. in Naperville. That was several years ago. Um, but I'd have to say the three that I'm going to have to struggle through trying to pick would be when my dad and I went down to Austin, Texas together, and we just happened to find out that they were playing the, uh, the Texas Longhorns basketball arena that ZZ top was going to be there. And, uh, the opening act was George Thurgood and the destroyers. Oh, jeez! I was like, Oh, okay. Um, that one was awesome. We went to go see Billy Joel. Uh, want to say in, was it Rosemont? up here around Chicago. I want to say that was several years ago. That was like his third or fourth farewell tour out of the 12 that he did. Um, and we were very close. Like, I want to say we were not too far back from his stage and he had one of those uh, rotating stages so that like, no matter where you were, you could see him play on the piano. Oh, cool. So that one was very cool. And then just a couple of years ago, like maybe three, gosh, maybe even four years ago now. Um, I never in my life, I loved guns and roses. Uh, as, as a middle school and high school kid, never in my life. Cause they, they broke up around the time that I started liking them. Um, never in my life did I think I would ever see guns and roses in concert and mm-hmm. got to see them. I think it was 2016 was when they did their first concert. It was actually called the, not in your, not in our lifetime or not in your lifetime concert. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, got to go see them. So that was, that was a good one too. I'm probably gonna have a hard time narrowing it down from those. I might pick guns and roses just because that was so much fun. I never thought I'd get a chance to see them. Nice. So I might have to go with that one. Okay. I tried to stall for you, Bo. Pat. So (laughs) this is a hard one for me. I haven't been to many concerts in my life, but I've been to some really good ones until. Oh, I left out Bo. I left out the one that we, uh, we were at with you, Huey Lewis. I was going to say, yeah, um, Huey Lewis at Ravinia was awesome. Blues Traveler at Ravinia was Blues, awesome. Blues Traveler, Doobie Brothers. Doobie Brothers at Ravinia has been yeah. awesome. I saw Bruce Hornsby at Ravinia, and that was awesome. Oh, nice. Bruce Hornsby, as old as he was in 1998, 99, got up on top of the piano and played the accordion and sang. The man had some energy. I'll give him that. <laughs> Um, Billy Joel at Wrigley Field might be my favorite, though. Okay. It was just so amazing. I bet that was cool. It was, yeah. Billy Joel at Wrigley Field probably takes the cake, but man, I've been to some good ones over the years. Was that when he was at Wrigley, did Elton John ever show up? Not the one I was at. Okay. But he played it together a couple times. Yeah, yeah. No, the one I was at was just Billy Joel. Um, Evan DeGraw opened for him or something. Okay. Um, it was like his third time at Wrigley. It was a big deal. Okay. Maybe fourth time at Wrigley. I don't know. Yeah. It was awesome though. Nice. All right, Patrick. Uh, okay. So question number two. <laughs> now you, you can't dodge the question. I, okay. And you, so you, seriously, you can't, I, you can't reject the question. I, I, this this one's hard, and and I mean, there's I'm I'm gonna try I'll, I'll talk fast and I'll go with categories. I mean, the first couple times my grandparents brought me to Ravinia to hear like the jazz the jazz series, they used to do a jazz in June, and one of the days for their jazz in June series was a um 
like all big band music and I'm a like big band swing is probably my favorite kind of music. Um, and I remember my grandma and grandpa taking me to those concerts and just falling in love with that music. Um, the first time I saw Maynard Ferguson play, um, was incredible. Uh, the first time I saw Doc Severinsen play incredible Chicago symphony orchestra. I mean, I see, and that's the problem is it's just, it's like, it's like when we ask Dennis, you know, like what are your top 10 movies? And he says, well, it's hard because how do you pick, you know, with categories and there's different categories. Like I got a top 10 for That's kind of what I fall into. It's, it's hard to point to any one concert. Um, and I'm kind of giving you the highlight rule. First time we saw Gaelic storm play. Mm-hmm. Um, First time I saw Tower of Power play. I mean, it's I, I don't know, guys. I, I wish I'm, – I'm saying a lot of words, but I don't think I can pinpoint one concert. I'm hurting. I'm struggling. Yeah, fair enough. And I'm failing. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I've, I've failed you. I failed the podcast. Oh. Hey, this isn't Green Arrow. We're not going to kill you for it. That's good. I remember the doubles. I remember being able to get student rush tickets for, like, Minnesota Orchestra when we were up in school – and Doc Summerson didn't come for the weekend. And so we'd go to the, like the Friday evening, the Saturday evening, and then the Sunday matinee and the Sunday evening. Cause each student tickets were like eight bucks a piece, you know? So for like 30 bucks, you could see four concerts in a row, you know, of Doc Severinsen. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Nice. <sighs> I wish I had gone to more concerts when I was in college. Mm-hmm. You know, when the, when the bands would show up and they'd play at the uh, like Memorial stadium and, you know, we had, um, who do we have? It was one of the, one of the first big ones. I feel like it was red hot chili peppers. Oh, geez. Yeah. Nice. And I, I think at the time, I don't know if I just didn't even think of asking my parents for the money for it. I didn't have the money for it. I was working at the, the daily Illini newspaper that was there and I was getting paid like 10 bucks per story. And so mm-hmm. it would have taken me, you know, it would have taken me a while to save up enough money to even just buy a ticket to go see red hot chili peppers. So I, for some reason I just didn't, I don't know. I, I feel like had I asked my parents, they probably would have given me the money to go do it. But yeah, there was that one. The other one, I, I was not quite as interested in Creed at the time, but they came not too long after. I feel like red hot chili peppers were there. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Don't do as many concerts anymore. Mm-hmm. They're just so expensive. Yeah. I mean, even Ravinia is still cost effective compared to others, but even Ravinia is not cheap. Right. Right. We've been doing some of those. Um, they're like a little community concert series. Sure. Um, they, yeah. have, they have them in like Waukegan. And uh, we, we very much bring the average age down when our family goes. Um, <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, you pay like you pay for your tickets at the beginning of the year and then you get like eight concerts out of it. And, you know, sometimes it's different types of concerts and it's a variety of different kinds of music. Sometimes it's been magicians, comedians. So it's not just concerts every time. Um, so you get kind of a good mixture of stuff. That's I mean, that's a lot of what we've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. Question number two. This one may be just as difficult as question number one. Uh, what are your favorite pizza toppings? Oh, so if you could make your your dream pizza right now. Oh, what would be on it? Oh, mine's easy. I can, I can do this one in my sleep. Mine is, um, mine is grilled chicken, mm-hmm. bacon, mm-hmm. tomatoes, mm-hmm. and feta cheese. 
Mm-hmm. Mm. That's mine. I get in trouble at the pizza place because I always put on too many toppings. Mm-hmm. And they're always like, uh, you know, it's not going to cook the right way. And I'm you just go, like, you go like, like the, um, like the mod pizza or one of those where you get to put on whatever toppings you want. Yeah. yeah. Like that or, um, over in, uh, Lincolnshire, Bonta, you know, uh-huh. they'll always be like, you know, Pat, we can put this on, but it's not going to cook the right way. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, if it, I, I will give a shout out, even though, you know, they haven't sponsored us or anything. Um, I will give a shout out to Donati's pizza that's in, uh, Lake Bluff. I love Donati's pizza. Yeah. They took something off their menu, though. I think you can still get it. You just have to know the ingredients. It was their Popeye pizza or their Popeye calzone. Mm, mm-hmm. And it was, I want to say it was ground beef, no, no, meatballs, spinach, and garlic. Mm. Oh, my God, on a stuffed pizza. <laughs> oh. Send you to yep. heaven, my friend. Yep. And that the, brings me to my favorite pizza. Yeah. Which is a stuffed pizza, which my favorite in the world is probably a stuffed pizza with sausage and spinach. But the problem is maybe mushrooms. The only place you could get it where the spinach was good was Eduardo's. Mm-hmm. Now that they don't exist anymore, yeah. I have a hard time putting spinach on my pizza. Okay. Well, I was huh. going to say, and, and Pat, I, I think I interrupted you, but I was going to say, um, the Donati's, the reason I wanted to give them a quick shout out is, um, you know, actually we used to, I don't know. I, I did, I don't, Pat, I don't know if you did, um, used to have one of the, uh, one of the kids from that family that owns Donati's, um, used to be in my class. I actually had a couple of them in my right. classes yeah. that I taught we had a couple in theater at the high school. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I want to give them a shout out real quick because they're I mean, they're nearby. They're local. So if, if anybody's up in like the northern suburbs of Chicago at any point, um, you know, come check them out. But they do the same kind of thing. You know, you you kind of pay the flat rate for your pizza and then you put whatever toppings you want on it. Um, but when this whole pandemic thing started, like they jumped up right away and they were offering, um, you know, immediately in March and April, they started putting stuff out saying, hey, you know, if you, because you're not at school anymore, if for some reason you need any kind of a meal, if you need a lunch or something like that, just let us know and we'll get you a free pizza for lunch. Um, you know, no questions asked just if you need food right now, if your kids need food because they're not in school and that's normally where they'd get it, just let us know. So, I mean, they, and they do stuff like that all the time. So I, that's, that's kind of, even though they're not, uh, they're not corporate sponsorship for us. Um, I just want to give them a shout out. Cause as soon as I saw some of that, I mean, they were one of the first restaurants I saw, you know, locally that just jumped in and started just trying to help people right away. That's cool. That was very cool. But I, Pat, I, I do think I, I cut you off there. So did you get to finish your, what your, <sighs> to- ramb- your, your dream toppings would be? Didn't he ramble? You know what? Okay. So I'm just going to say, um, rambling I'm not- rose. I'm not a big fan of a ton of cheese. All okay. right. Um, you know, so it's sometimes like that, like a lot of, yeah, not, but I'd say, uh, you know, like you can get in some place, they call it like a marinara pizza yeah. or, you know, like very light or no cheese is kind of what I'm, I've always liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say this, the dream pizza, obviously like, like the, you know, the pizza sauce or like a marinara kind of thing on there. And then peppers, onions, and mushrooms, are really good peppers. That's like the key olives. I'd throw olives on there and then I'm trying to restrain myself and not just say every vegetable on the, 
thing because they say that that overcooks it. So, or that, that doesn't cook right. So if I could just say every vegetable on offer I put on there, I'd be totally cool with that. Um, but I'd say like the core, the safety net, the minimum, right? The would have to be the pepper, onion, mushroom, and olives. Nice. That would have to be it. And then we'd see, and then we'd peruse the other. My one, uh, my one alternative, my my alternate that I would go with. And and actually when I go to Donati's and I get my pizza, um, I will actually do this a little bit differently there than I do at some of the other places. Uh, Same pizza that I mentioned before, the uh, chicken, bacon, tomatoes and feta cheese but at donati's i'll get it instead of a marinara base i'll do it with alfredo mm. it's very very good cool uh the other one too i i will here's here's all of our plugs for all of our local pizza places uh there's a silo pizza that's also in lake bluff yes silo taco pizza the taco the, the taco pizza is good and firm well the taco pizza is good Oh, okay. my absolute, absolute favorite from there. And I will get it every single time is the seafood pizza. Mm. So good. So good. Want to eat the scallops? Mm. My wife is allergic, so we've never ordered that one. I might have to check that out. Okay. Well, don't give it to Donna, but no, no, I'm going to have to just go get my own. I think. Yeah. Well, hey, when the pandemic sounds fantastic, when the pandemic is over, if you want to go there and share a seafood pizza lady in the tramp style, I will totally go with you. I'm in. Okay. (laughs) That was easy. (laughs) That took no effort whatsoever. None. None. (laughs) All right. None. Cool. All right. I'll I'll tell Sharon this is going to get awkward, but that's okay. It's not like it wasn't before. Right. She can come too. It'll be even more awkward. That's fine. fine. That's fine. (laughs) <laughs> we need somebody to play the waiter. True. <laughs> <laughs> Moving quickly on to question number three. Yeah. And next. <laughs> and scene. Okay. Question number three. Favorite Ninja Turtle. Oh. Easy. Okay, then. Well, <laughs> if it's easy, go. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't want to like. No, it's, no, no, it's, no, you, you no, got no. it. You got it. Oh. Which one? Raf, easy. Raphael. Raphael. Okay. On. Um. I I'm I'll just I'll go Michelangelo. I I had moments as it like I would I was kind of swing back and forth between Michelangelo and Leonardo as a kid mm. in, in my more um, serious somber moments as a child, I liked Leonardo a little bit better, but Michelangelo, that's kind of like, I, I picture those two as my return of the Jedi empire strikes back. Oh, okay. When I'm in oh. the return of the Jedi mood, it's Michelangelo. When I'm in the empire strikes back mood, it's Leonardo. Sure. Sure. If that analogy, if that analogy works. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Bodacious, what you got? I, like you, John, I would go back and forth. and But for me, it was always Donatello and Leonardo. Um, I love the bow staff as a weapon. Mm-hmm. There's something about hitting someone with a solid piece of preview that just worked for me. Is, it, <laughs> is that because you're... satisfactory sound when wood meets thick head. 
Um, is that because your name? Is that because your like name is Bo? <laughs> I mean, if your name was Sword, would you have liked Leonardo better? Uh, probably not. Uh, okay, but right. maybe I do like Leonardo because I do like sword play. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, gosh, to pick between the two of those guys is hard. I think I'm going to go with Leonardo in the end, but that's a tough one. Okay. That's a real tough one. As soon as you said Donatello was one of your favorites, I was going to ask you how you felt about his gyrations. I avoided that part of the video. Thank okay, you very much. Good. Continue. I was, I was, it helped that I was working, so uh-huh. I was able to, you know. I'm going to, just so you know, I'm, I'm going to actually try to see if I can go back to the YouTube video. And uh, I'm going to try to see if I can create a GIF of that. And uh, I'll share that alongside our usual um, Big Lebowski GIF. I just GIF. want everyone to know that he is telling us that he's about to do it. Yeah. That means when he complains about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's on him. Yep. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm absolutely going to do it. Do it. I'm just, I'm giving, you, I'm just giving you a little bit, a little, little bit of warning, a little bit of warning. All right. Well, that's going to do it for three questions. That's going to do it for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells tour. And that's going to do it for this episode of the 30 something movie podcast. Thank you for being with us once again. If you want to find more episodes of our show or find out more about us, go to three zero podcast.com. You can rate and review the show there. You can become a co-executive producer of the show by joining us on Patreon. Any level of donating to us on Patreon will get you access to the exclusive monthly episode that we do for Patreon members. Um, so go check that out because we'd love to have you join us there and, and uh, just support the show in whatever capacity um, you feel led to do so. And um, yeah, coming up, we've got our next few episodes coming up are uh, actually we're, we're done with November. So we've got December coming up. Um, and at this point, I'm not sure yet at, at the time of this recording, not sure yet if we've got narrowed down what our December Patreon exclusive is going to be. Uh, we'll probably have that worked out here in not too long. And we'll we'll put that out on, on Twitter and some of the other social media spots. But coming up in the month of December, we've got Edward Scissorhands, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, Pump Up the Volume and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. So we got some good stuff coming up to close out the year. Seems really, really strange that we're already almost finished with 1990. Kind of feels like we were making a big deal out of leaving the 80s and going into the 90s. And now we're already. We're, we're already almost done. We're 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 ensconced in the 90s at this point. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And uh, I, we shared a little bit on one of the previous episodes, kind of what our upcoming episodes were going to be for 91. Um, and we'll share some of those, you know, in the next couple of weeks or so. So if you want to start getting ahead on watching some of those, I'll tell you right away, the first one I'm doing for 91 is Rocketeer. So if, oh, if you want to, the Rocka who, um, so if you want to go, uh, if you want to go watch that, um, you know, we've got some other ones coming up after that, but if you want to go watch that and some of these others just to get ahead, so you can listen along with us in the show, um, that'd be great. And then, you know, you can always leave us a voicemail and, and give us some, uh, give us some thoughts and other stuff ahead of time so we can respond to those on the show as well. So thank you, Pat. Thank you both for being with me here. Thank you, John, for getting us together. All right. Well, thank you everybody for, uh, th- this one was, um, you know, the, the Ninja Turtles, it's, it's not bad. It's a little weird. It's a little quirky. But I don't know if I, I don't know if I could say like, it's, it's not a train wreck. Let's put it that way.
Oh, no, not, man. Not really by any stretch. Not a train wreck. You know, sometimes you, you get this kind of stuff and it's like, oh, like there's nothing redeeming about this at all. But that's well, it's that actually one, it's actually not that bad. No, it was good. I did. I did see a bunch of articles online. They were like, this is terrible. And I was like, well, I don't remember it being terrible, but eh. yeah. Those are probably the same people that liked blue velvet. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably. All right. Well, everybody, this is the end of November. December is next. 91 is after that. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies and we'll see you back here next time.